You are listening to The Matrix is Real. Thank you for listening. My name is Neo. And I'm broadcasting live from The Matrix right now. I'm outside. uh, Not wearing a face mask. Even though everyone that I see in the city that I'm in uh, is usually outside. Even. Um, There's no requirement to wear one outside. It's just a strong recommendation. However... There is a requirement, a city ordinance and executive order requiring the use of a face mask in pretty much every place of business, Um, gas stations, grocery stores, and the city, the state, city officials, county, state officials, police department, police officers, city uh, police chiefs are all dancing around the fact that these orders are unlawful. If we are free people, as we are told, I'm currently in the state of California, which is in the United States of America, where the Constitution of the United States of America applies. Um, in the U.S. of A., we are told that we are free people, but the reality is we are not we are simply told we are free and I'll prove it to you Um, in California currently there is no requirement to wear a face mask at all times but in select cities throughout the state of California there are city ordinances slash executive orders requiring Businesses to quote cause and quote their patrons to, uh, to wear face masks, um, otherwise, they are not allowed to shop there. Now, one of the cities cites Article 11 of the California State Constitution as where they derive their power as a local government to force businesses to comply with these uh, city ordinances and executive orders. However, when pressed within Article 11 of the California Constitution, there's absolutely nothing that I've seen that gives the government the power to do this. Um, If you've never read the Constitution in its entirety, whether it be at the California uh, or the U.S. of A. Constitution or any other state within the Union, um, I invite you to, but Every article is broken down by sections. Now, Article 11 of the California State Constitution is broken down section by section, which I have read. And again, there is nothing within Article 11 that says that the government can do this. So, I've I've reached out to um, city officials. I've reached out. There's a total of five city council members in the city that I am currently in. Um, I've reached out to all five, and I have basically been completely ignored. Uh, There was one response by one city councilwoman. Uh, It was very clear that she did not uh, intend to respond to me directly. She, um, I'm I'm guessing, meant to hit reply all to her fellow city council members um, and not to include me. But basically her response to me was, uh, my email was very disturbing. This is very disturbing was her exact quote. And my email was completely respectful. It was very pointed, but it was respectful. And it was simply asking members of the city council to specifically cite where within Article 11 uh, 
uh, what specific section they are you are using to derive this power to implement um, these requirements for people to wear face masks or else they be not allowed to shop long story short upon realizing she didn't didn't reply to the right person she tried to change the subject but when it became clear that I wasn't going to budge and I was demanding an answer and accountability she has so far completely ignored me I've reached out and called her offices um, spoken to uh, you know the, the I guess the receptionists the people that take the calls, um, they take my name and number, and they uh, I've not received any response. I've also reached out to the deputy uh, chief of police within the city that I am in, and I had about a 15-minute conversation with him. Same exact thing. I got to the point where I said, look, I just want to know where within Article 11 of the California State Constitution that you guys are citing what specific section that gives you this power because this is discriminatory. If somebody doesn't want to wear a face mask, and then this is where I'll get into the uh, actual law. So Article 3, Section 1 of the California State Constitution says that the United States Constitution, the Constitution of the United States of America is the supreme law of the land. What that means is that any other law that effectively nullifies any part of the U.S. Constitution um, it basically is null and void that the uh, the Constitution of the United States of America uh, is overrules anything that um, basically that is unconstitutional. So, the Constitution of the United States of America, there's a part called the Privileges and Immunities Clause. Uh, this section of the Constitution specifically protects a variety of freedoms. But it's one of the one of the ones that, uh, with many Supreme Court cases, it protects the freedom of travel and movement. So basically, it is unconstitutional for the government. Doesn't matter local, state, county, federal. Uh, they cannot restrict your ability as a free person to travel. Now I'll get in. I can, I can get into the side issue of like driving on the roads, driver's licensing, all that on another time on another podcast. But uh, today. I'm just going to focus on your ability to travel freely. And you can put that however you want. I'm going to focus on your ability to travel freely to shop. You know, to be a functioning member of society, to go to the grocery store, to get gas at the gas station, to go to Target, uh, to go to the beach. You know, any any of these any of this type of thing. To, to go out and travel wherever you want to go. To go to the park, the playground with your kids. The government can't get in the way of that. But right now they are. Uh, I have been... Um, I have tried to enter several uh, business establishments and I have actively been discriminated against and denied physical entry simply because of my refusal to wear a face mask. Now, for me, with COVID-19, everyone going, going around, a lot of people ask me, well, why would you even want to do that? You're exposing yourself. Well, the simple answer is, um, number one, 0.03% mortality rate is what we're looking at by some of the most respected uh, people in medicine. Uh I believe it was Dr. Erickson, if I remember correctly, from uh, UC Berkeley, who gave us uh, that statistic, and has, that, that's been corroborated and, and uh, by by many others. But 0.03 um, percent is the current mortality rate. By comparison, the seasonal flu is about one to one and a half percent. So just just come do that comparatively. It's not a deadly disease. Is it highly infectious? Sure, but it's not deadly. Secondly, it actually is. Um, 
more harmful to a person's immune system to cover their their face with a face mask if they are healthy and not sick. So you're basically lowering your immunity by putting a face mask on. And that, again, is uh, uh, this is according, again, to Dr. Uh, Erickson, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, he's the guy that had the YouTube uh, video that had five plus million uh, views criticizing the stay-at-home orders of California before YouTube censored it and pulled it down. Um, he was also saying that according to college-level microbiology, which I have not taken, but college-level microbiology, the basic understanding is that you your immune system needs to be exposed to what's called antigens um, to basically maintain its immunity. It, it basically, George Conlon made a joke about it, but basically your immune system needs practice, needs target practice. And so if you're removing all the targets for it to practice on, when it actually... It's okay. The police aren't looking for me. It's it's all good. Not today, at least. Um, well, at least not that I know of. Uh, if your body doesn't have that practice, then you're actually exposed. Oh, oh, that's why. It's not the police. It's the uh, the fire department. Actual heroes, ladies and gentlemen. Actual ha- fire firemen. Actual heroes. They literally save people. That's all they do. Police end up killing, in my opinion, far more people than they save or harming. But anyways. Um... So that's that's two parts. Another part is carbon dioxide. You you breathe in oxygen, right? You breathe out CO2. And CO2 is actually harmful for humans. It can be toxic in, in, in high levels. So what do you think you're doing when you have a face mask covering your face all day? You're literally just breathing right back that CO2. Um, that's number three. Number four... To be honest, it's just gross. I mean, have you smelled your breath? I man, I never knew my breath smelled that bad. And I like, I freaking wash my, I brush my teeth, I floss, I, I mouth mouth rots, I, I scrape my tongue with one of those tongue scrapers. Like, dude, I am super hygienic about my mouth. Holy fuck! Like, my god. Like, so that's just that's four. And then five, you know what? For me, my my religious convictions, my beliefs, and a lot of when I tell this to people, they say, whoa, 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 where? Explain this. How, how does your religion forbid you from wearing a face mask? Well, the simple answer is uh, I am a follower of Jesus of Nazareth. And um, Jesus of Nazareth says that a man cannot serve two masters. For if he serves two, he will love one and hate the other. That's actually in the New Testament as well. That's from, uh, that's from Source Q, Gospel Q. As a follower of Jesus of Nazareth, a man cannot serve two masters. Now, this is one of those those parts of the Gospels that I feel mainstream Christians simply don't adhere to. How can how can you serve secular government, even if it claims to serve God? How can you serve secular government? If it is not consistent with the principles of your of, of your God, how can you do that without violating that that commandment, if you will? I'll wait. I don't see how you can. And so that's the whole point is the 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 Constitution of the United States of America and the Declaration of Independence were both written uh, under common law or essentially God's law. Um, in the Declaration of Independence, it specifically says that we are endowed by our Creator and given certain unalienable rights. And that uh, governments are instituted among men to secure these rights. 
deriving their, quote, just, end quote, powers from the consent of the governed. So that literally means that, number one, your creator, if you want to be literal, your parents, but if you want to be more more figurative, uh, if you will, um, your creator, God, however you perceive that word to be, whatever created this universe and you as a part of it, that is what gave you your freedom. That is what the, the Declaration of Independence says. Secondly, that the only reason we have secular government at all is to secure these rights, to make sure that we have these rights protected and that the, the government only gets its power from the consent of the governed. Now, when were these documents drafted in the 1700s? I don't know about you, but I never consented to this government. I never signed an agreement letter or a contract that I was aware of. And even if I stop and think about it, I have never signed an agreement saying that I will abide by how many different rules as, quote, free people do we have to abide by in the United States of America? I'll wait. I mean, the IRS tax code is longer than the Bible. I believe it's three times the length of the Bible and changing daily. That's just the tax code for the federal government. Now throw in the California state government or any other state of the union. The point is, is that as a follower of Jesus, if you really believe in Jesus, you cannot serve secular government if it goes against God, which it always does. One of my favorite philosophers was Leo Tolstoy. If you don't know much about Tolstoy, just his description is an oxymoron. Uh, Tolstoy was a Russian Christian anarchist right it doesn't make any sense okay Um, but Tolstoy if you've ever read any of his texts argued very 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 strongly that true Christians or true followers of Jesus cannot participate in any function of government whatsoever you can't you can't vote you can't serve as a as a as a, as a congressman or woman. You can't serve as a as a city council member. You can't do anything with secular government. And the reason his argument was that eventually every agent of the state becomes a tool of the state. That eventually, just the way that that government is organized and the politics of it. Eventually, either you were, will you'll be, uh, you get it's, what is it? Uh, it's a dog eat dog world. You kill or you get killed. Eventually, either you will start bending to the will of the government that you serve, or you will be voted out and you will be beaten by somebody else that will sacrifice their principles and whatever they have to to beat you. So, these city ordinances are unconstitutional, and it is not up to me to prove that it is actually up to to the to the government they have to specifically tell us and show us how they get this power to do these things and so far they have not and when when questioned and try to be held accountable they run away and they hide right now and this should this is this should be uh, i say startle but don't i mean i don't don't literally mean afraid because we shouldn't fear the government essentially because the government at the end of the day is comprised of people just like us 
And yeah, you can argue that the people on the upper echelons of government are the, the very powerful and corrupt, that they, they are the ones that we cannot, that we can't trust, so to speak. Um, at the end of the day, there are far more regular people like me and you earning $100,000 a year or less, or 150, you know, not, not much in relative terms. There are far more of those people manning the positions of government than those elite people that are corrupt that, that, we, that we can't trust. So it's simply a matter of reaching those people and convincing them that they need to start turning and making the right decisions to align with the people and not the government officials that are clearly in violation of the oaths they took and the laws that should restraint their power that they need to basically resist them. So I don't wear a face mask. I um, Right now, my strategy is this in the United States... There is something called the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA. And the American Disabilities Act um, requires business establishments to make reasonable accommodations for people with disabilities. Um, I, as a child, had pretty aggressive asthma. Uh, I'm not going to say I literally almost died, but I felt like I, I almost did. I had a my first ever asthma attack when I was, I think I was like seven years old in my elementary school. Eh, excuse me, elementary school. Maybe I was eight. But um, all of a sudden I couldn't breathe. I just, I couldn't breathe. And um, they rushed me to the nurse's office. They called my dad and he said, he'll be right over. And, and he was, I guess, nearby. He got an emergency inhaler over the counter. And it felt like forever, but eventually he got it to me. It, it, it stopped the attack, and I ended up going to the doctor and getting diagnosed for asthma. So they told me when I was a kid that eventually one of two things would happen. Either I would have to live with this my whole life, or I'd grow out of it. Well, luckily it appears that I overall have grown out of it. Now, I'm not in, I'm not in great shape. I'm not fat at all. I'm actually really, really thin, but um, I don't really work out a lot per se. Um, I'm a younger, younger guy, but I do notice that sometimes, you know, despite feeling very young, a lot of times when I run, I, 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 I get very winded very easily. So it's a type of thing where I've never really gone to a doctor and been told you don't have asthma anymore. So I'm not lying when I say this, but when I go to establishments, I just tell them that the, the technical truth, I say, you know, I have asthma. Um, I can't wear a face mask cause it's hard to breathe. Uh, also, my family history, again, this is not something I've been clinically diagnosed with, but um, asthma I have been, but this, uh, my, my mother, um, she has gone into anaphylactic shock, which is a severe allergic reaction that can kill you without medical intervention. Uh, it's happened, I believe, twice in her life. Uh, one of the times, actually, I had to help her administer, um, I had to help her administer the, the emergency shot into her leg, and as a young kid, that was absolutely terrifying. So this is a very serious thing. Um, genetics obviously means that I potentially could be at risk for this. Um, I've never seen a, seen a doctor for it, but that's another thing. Uh, anaphylactic shock a lot of times is brought on by something that um, you may be even unaware that you're allergic to. My mom to this day doesn't know what caused her attack. Uh, they thought it was strawberries, but there's been multiple times where she's eaten strawberries and nothing. So um, the point is, is that I technically still have asthma as far as I know. And I could be at risk for going into anaphylactic shock, which if you have a mask on and you're breathing in a bunch of stuff, 
um, and it's keeping it right in your face, you know, if something gets in there that you're allergic to and bam, there you go. It's literally going to make you breathe it in and have an allergic reaction. It could kill you. So that's what I say when I go in. I say, you know, with, with respect and a smile on my face. Hey, you know, um, I actually have asthma. I can't wear a mask. Um, per ADA requirements, you guys are required to make reasonable accommodations for me. Um, and then I just kind of wait for them. And so far, every instance, one of two things has happened. Either they've let me walk right in or they've made in a reasonable accommodation. Uh, they, they'll ask me to wait outside and I'll give them my, my money and they'll get me whatever I want and then they'll bring it out to me. You know, that's that's a reasonable accommodation. And, you know, to be honest, some people might say, you know, why would you even do that? It's embarrassing, you know, and then you have to wait. It's even longer. It's just easier to put them out. The point is, is that two for me, two points. One, it forces the other people on the side of that exchange, the, the workers, to really reevaluate what they're doing because let's be real. It's not, not really comfortable. This in my opinion, and this is just my opinion. You might disagree. And if you're black, please tell me. But the, the, the treatment that I've been receiving as a result of this, because I do also tell people this is my religion. Um, it is discriminatory. And by all accounts, I am actually almost 75% native American, but, um, I, by all accounts, I look white. So I, I, I will admit I, I, I do experience uh, white privilege. I do get that benefit. Um, this is the first time where I have really experienced what it's like to be discriminated against. And, uh, it's unnerving. It is very unnerving. It's, 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 it's pretty incredible that you're looking at another human being that is literally just treating you like a second class citizen. Um, and also if you want to look at the legal aspects of this, uh, in the, in the South, during the civil rights movement and segregation, um, what basically happened was you did have racism, but you had the local city, I'm sorry, the city, county, and state governments having city ordinances, executive orders, uh, codes, all these things that were openly trampling the constitutionally protected rights of black, black people, and businesses were complying whether they wanted to or not, not people also have to remember, not every establishment, not every person in the South was, was racist. Not every person was. How do you think the civil rights movement was able to gain momentum is that there were a lot of white people willing to put themselves on the line as well. And I say a lot in relative terms, you know, there were for how many people were racist. There were a lot of unracist people as well, but not obviously not in terms of sheer numbers. The point is, is that, um, all these black people in the South were being discriminated against because the governments were complicit in, in basically allowing it. And that's exactly what's happening today is I've actually, so like I said, I've, I've spoken to um, the deputy chief of police in the city that I'm in currently, and he went on a long legalese rant about how this is in no way discriminatory. And I said, look, I've told people that I'm my religion forbids it, and I and I have um, a, a health issue, and I've been physically denied entry. Actually, I was at a Whole Foods, and I had the police called on me. Nothing happened because I wasn't doing anything wrong. The second they asked me to leave, I, I left politely, and I just I, I definitely made myself heard. But I was respectful as much as I was being respected. Uh, but I still maintained, you know, the I still maintained a level of respect. That's why I didn't get arrested. But um, the point is, is that simply being myself and exercising my freedom can get you can you, you you can get the police called on you and potentially get arrested these days whether the charges stick or not so 
thanks for listening. The point is, is that to all this is this is the this is phase one. This is like the battlegrounds to see what what you and we the people will accept the new normal, if you will. And. I uh, I stood up for a couple the other day, um, a, an honest situation that can happen to any of us. Uh, they were going grocery shopping, and upon walking in, um, the the wife or the girlfriend, whoever the woman was, had um, her face mask in their inner pocket, ready to go. Um, but the guy forgot his, and this was a few weeks ago before in this city before it was a requirement at all or anything. So these were new policies they were starting to roll out. So. He, real, he gets to the front door and he sees the, the new policy. You need a face mask to enter. Immediately stops, looks at his wife, girlfriend, looks kind of around and it's like, damn, like, I don't know what. The... So very kind of like quickly, uh, I guess I'll do this hang back in the car. She goes, you know, okay, honey, okay. So I, I walk in witnessing all this and I walk up to the nearest worker that I see. And this is at a Whole Foods. And I say, uh, excuse me, excuse me, miss. As far as I'm aware, in the city in the city that we're in right now, there is no city ordinance uh, or executive order or or health code requiring uh, anyone to wear a face mask. Um, these people have every legal right, unless it is store policy, to specifically wear one. Um, is this store policy? Is this company policy? And the lady looks at me and goes, "Oh, um, no, it's not actually. We're just recommending and asking if people want to wear one for. But no, it's not." So then I said, okay, thank you. And I walked right up to these people that, that I just, you know, this couple. And I said, hey, guys. Um, and they heard me a little bit. They said, I said, uh, you, you know, if, I don't know if you heard, but you guys are welcome to come in. You don't need a face mask, you know, if you don't want to wear one. I just wanted to make sure you guys were aware of your, your rights. Uh, and you guys are free to come in if you want. So we need to do this as people. You know, when you see an opportunity to help out, um, you do it. Uh, I, I, I don't mean to, to touch on the, the black topic again but the one thing that i respect in the black community is having black skin and and this is just my observation and if i'm if you think there's something wrong with it i'm happy to hear but my observation is when a black person sees another black person that black skin on you is a is a is a badge of honor it is a badge of of, of a recognition that you guys are are one so to speak that you guys have a commonality and, and maybe I, I as, a, as a, quote, white person, even though I'm Native American, which Natives actually, if you really want to go into it, and a lot of blacks probably agree with me here, Natives actually have their deep, deep roots in Africa. But anyways, point is, is that I look white, so I may never understand that element of it. I don't know what it is. My imagination, what, I, what it seems like it would be, is Africa. You know, you guys come from the same place, and you can prove it based on the skin color. You know what I mean? At some point or another, you guys literally came from the same area, which is pretty powerful in my opinion. But when blacks, the point is when blacks see other blacks being victimized, not always, but there's a much more uh, likelihood that a a black person will come to the aid of a black person in in a crisis than a white person ever will to a white person. And you can argue as much as you want about black-on-black crime and all that, but uh, I've seen it firsthand. You know, black people stick together. And um, I'm not saying that white people need to stick together. I'm saying we as free people need to stick together. Um, As God's people, you need to stick together. I don't know what religion listener that you are or what faith or spirituality you subscribe to, but um, I'm going to go to one of the dominant religions right now in the world, uh, Islam. Uh, This is an actual little-known fact but um, the nation of Islam, 
the the Quran actually says that the Jews and the Christians are all Allah's people as well. That uh, essentially God's people practiced many faiths, and that every temple, church, synagogue, any any place of worship that you see, God is basically being worshipped there, just by a different name. So I feel we need to drop these labels of separation. And we need to start focusing on what, what we have in common. The biggest thing that I see we have in common is a, is, a, is a strong innate desire to be free. To not have people telling us what to do and to determine our own destiny and fate. And currently the world is literally being steered on a, on a collision course by a, a handful of, of uh, a patholo- pathological psychopaths that have absolutely no they do not have our best interests at heart at all and you know if you if you think otherwise they literally drove the economy off a cliff we have 25 30 percent unemployment under that doesn't even count underemployment like if it wasn't for this stimulus money where would we be people so um i don't again i don't i don't know or care what religion or, or spirituality or faith you practice but um I love you and you I am you you are me we are one all of us on this planet and in this universe together and we can either serve good or God or we can serve the other master that until now we have all been serving because silence gives consent and we have all been silent it's time to raise our voices thank you for listening God bless this is Neo And the Matrix is real. Out.